And we're here on the KM Podcast. Ken Brown from WGI Radio, Michael Hare, DetroitLions.com, as we talk Lions football. Hello, Mike. Hello, Ken Brown. Or should I say the three and one first quarter? And you know what? I was one of the first people, I must admit, to go by this quarter system, and I see everybody's taking it over now. I wonder, do I get do I get credit for this? Do I get any money for this? I was doing no. that for years ago that you go by four quarters, and I even had a I had a um formula worked out that if you don't lose a quarter and you win two quarters, you'll be in the playoffs. But, you know, I see everybody's taking it now. So uh, another freebie, <laughs> another freebie for you guys. Honest to God, somebody must have told it to you because there's just there's no way you would have figured it out yourself. Well, the Lions did have a good first quarter. Really, with yes, 17 games now, they, the first quarter will be at the end of uh, 10 minutes on uh, Sunday, if you want to be precise about it. Or at the end of seven and a half minutes on Sunday, to be precise. But anyway... Three and one, not bad first uh, four games. Not the way I saw them play out, but three and one, I, I would take. I was hoping for a two and two, a one and three. I wouldn't have been that disappointed because of the hardness of the games, but three and one was way better than I expected. Well, Kenny, when you said that it was pretty good, if, if they were three and one and exceeded your expectations, it's got to be more than pretty good. Well, the only reason I'm saying Very pretty good. good is because I think they gave the Seattle game away. I think they gave that game away by not playing well at home. That, to me, with the crowd, that that day of that crowd and everything, I just thought that they didn't play as good as they should have, especially defensively, and I just think that was a giveaway. I just thought that game was – I thought they're a better team that day than Seattle was, and they didn't win. That's why I don't give them top accolades. Well, did you think that did you think that that they were going to lose to to uh, Kansas City? Do you think they were going to win that or lose that one? Originally, that's what I, thought I gave it for a loss. As I said I had them one and three. I think after the first four, two and two. I can't remember what what I had. I know I had them losing well, to Kansas City. So I think three and one then is is is, is good. I it's don't pretty, know, it's good. pretty good. I think it's good. But I'm looking now in the totality of everything, and the way all four games played out, they should be four and zero. Oh. I just think they, that Seattle game was. They gave that. They just gave it. I want, I want to get deep into it because we want to get into what's going on. But I just think they gave that game away. I just thought. Okay. They, I thought they were the better team coming on the field that day, and I thought after the game was over, they were the better team. And the only reason they lost was a coin flip and turning the ball over that day. And speaking of turnovers, Mike, let's get out down to the game. I'm not going to cover. We're doing this kind of late in the week now because of the way the NFL schedules have been for the last couple of weeks. For people that don't know why we don't come out Monday with right after the game and this game was Thursday so we didn't do anything Friday because we were off or whatever so this is this is the last odd week we'll be better to the schedule after the game next week we'll be reviewing next week's game the day after on Monday and everything will be fine but this was a weird week so I don't want to cover the Green Bay game too much because that was like four days ago now and people have you know everybody knows what happened with it but if you well, got a final the- thought on the Green Bay game just give it now I'm, I'm, I don't want to get deep into it but just give us your final thoughts on it I just said it was a, a thorough, one-sided win by the Detroit Lions. I don't think there was any question about it. And now that they they beat them four straight, eight out of the last uh, thirteen, or eight out of the last yeah, eight out of the last thirteen, they're the better team. There's no doubt about it. And they're then they're beating them at home. Yeah, beating them everywhere, anywhere they play them. Oh, it, it's done. And you know what? The Packers weren't as good that night as I thought they would be on their own. I thought they would play better. I thought the quarterback would be better. None of that happened in my eyes. Now. I'm not writing off Jordan Love or anything like that. I'm not saying his career is flawed, he's done, and all that. But he wasn't what I thought he would be. I thought he'd be a little bit better than he played. 
Yeah, and even if he played better, they still would have won. I just think that he. I don't know. That was that, that was a, a complete win by the Detroit yeah, Lions. He's, no he's, doubt. When you when you buzz in twenty seven to three in the first half, you got no yeah. yes and buts or anything like that. And Detroit truthfully, Lions are the best team in the North. I think the next step for the Lions is to put the foot on them when you get a twenty seven three. Because I thought they got a little lax in the third quarter, and I just I I, I don't like this where the offense bug you know it bugs down boils down, bugs down in different low times during the game. It's been that way this year, too. Bogged down, that's what I'm looking for. I don't know why it does that, but the third quarter, it kind of bogged down a little bit, then it picked up when it had to in the fourth. I want to see a total domination. Well, I would like to see them after that 27-3. I think I even talked to you at halftime at that time. Come right out and put your foot on them and make, make it so they don't even think they can come back. That didn't happen, and then they had to you know do some different things. I, that's the next step in the creation of this as a dominant team is when you got a guy down like that or a team down like that, you just put your foot on their neck and just pound them. Well, I think one thing you're missing is the way they've closed out games and especially the way they did it against the Green Bay Packers when they had the ball for the final drive. What was it, 14 plays, 15 plays, or 15 snaps counting the penalty and had the ball for almost nine minutes and ended any doubt, any no took all the life out of out of the Green Bay Packers at home, crowd roaring, all of that stuff. And the Detroit Lions said, "Sorry, guys, not your night." Yeah, that, uh, that's what I said. They came back in the fourth. But why these lulls, like in the third quarter or during these games or at different times of the game? That offense should be peaking. I know you can't score every time down, but it's too good to have, have you know dead series. You know what I'm saying? Three and out, three and out punt. This, that, no, that, that the offense is too good for that, and I just want to see it be more consistent when they got a team down. That's all. That's, that's just me. I think that that's when you become the the great team instead of the very good team. Well, I think they're very good, and we'll see. We'll see about great. Right. I and mean, greatness is something you look back on and recognize when it's over. It's not when you're in it, because everybody's. It would be great from week to week if you just evaluated these teams on based on what they did what they did lately. But you. When when it's all over and you sit down and look back, then you'll have to find out who's great, who's very good, who missed the boat, who you know who needs to rebuild and all of that. Right. I like where the given all of that and given you know I'm yattling away here. I like where the Detroit Lions are for now for the future. I think this is a good strong team and I think it's a good strong franchise. Yeah, um, and to put a bow on the the Green Bay game. Division game is worth two wins, and I said that before the game, and it was great that that's a two-win game. Yep. You know, that's a two-win game. And it's probably in the division your hardest road game to win of the, you know, Minnesota and Chicago. I think the Green Bay game is hardest to win, depending on what time of year you play it and depending on, you know, the team. I just think they've got their toughest road division game out of the way. I think their next toughest will be, well, obviously. Well, it's Minnesota, Minnesota, right, take a right. Wizard, take a wizard to right. But you know what? Like uh, Chicago said, I agree with one thing that um, Justin Fields said. Detroit got hot last year. We can do it too. So by the, maybe by the time they play Chicago, Chicago may have a rebound. We don't know. I don't think it's going to happen, but we'll see. But as of right now, well, are, that Minnesota game. Four. Well, I'm saying maybe he said Detroit started <laughs> one and six and look what happened to him. So he, he's got that out there. He's got history out there that they can rebound. But it, we'll see by the time they play Chicago. All right. And then um, – Another thing happened after the game Thursday or Friday, like the NFL guys rained down on Detroit. Jameson Williams was free, like I said, during preseason. That six games was too much, and I had a suspicion since Jameson Williams wasn't trying to 
protested or said anything bad about it. I said, he's going to get some games off of that. You watch. And glory be, they took off two games. He immediately will be reinstated, so he's back practicing he's now. He's been reinstated, yeah. Right. Been reinstated. Well, he's not on the roster. They, it, That's it, different. I'm just saying, he's not on the roster. He's been reinstated, but he's not on the roster. So you have to put him on the roster for for um for the game Sunday, and then you have to make a man you know, a man call on it. So he's available to be there. And I think uh, talking to um Campbell yesterday, he's going to play some this weekend, unless he just comes out and is out of shape from Cheeto diet or whatever, and can't do anything this week. Other than that, I, looks like he's going to have a limited role this weekend. I think yeah, that's, uh, he's going to have to work his way into the uh, into the rotation there, just like he did a year ago, really. And he didn't get an awful lot of snaps then, uh, because he was coming off an injury. He's not really coming off an injury now, even though he did have that hamstring. But that's that should be healed if he did any kind of rehabilitation. The thing that gets me about it, then uh, Antoine Antoine Randall L was uh, did the media session today. So they not, weren't, able, weren't allowed to talk to him at all at the time he was away. I, I think that's re- ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. I think as a, as a, I think the, the team ought to be able to monitor what its players doing when he's on that suspension. In fact, what what is what what is the league losing by letting a team talk to its player? I don't get it. Yeah, but I'm not going to trip on that because Mike, you know, there's a, way, there's a like lot it. of third third-party ways that they could communicate, and I'm sure they did. Oh, there isn't? Yeah. Oh, oh there yes, there. Just... Based on what? Based on what? Oh, uh, Randall's in the room. Gee, uh, you know, if James ain't here, I would say ba-ba-ba to him and ba-ba-ba to him. Okay, Amon St. Brown's in the room. He say, Here's what um, Randall's saying. He calls Jameson Williams at night and relays. So there's many ways you can do it without actually contacting. So I th- I'm sure they got workarounds with it, but officially you can't talk to him. But – if there was something they want him to know, I'm sure they could get it to him third party wise, and you know it too. So I'm not I'm not even tripping on that because I guarantee Jameson Williams was not out of the loop officially, unofficially, on what was going on and what he needed to do. That's your because the players can talk to him, right? It was just the management can't. I don't talk. know. No, I, I don't I'm know. telling you, I know because I saw on his Instagram players can talk to him. You can't, you know, he can't. Okay. He can't be off of his players. So you know, look, he's back. Let's say that they changed the rule. Now it's a two-game suspension for a first time if you're betting on NFL, non-NFL games from a facility, NFL facility. Four games, the second thing, and then eight games or a year, the third, whatever. But I know it's two games first. So does Jameson Williams get his money back for two games? Well, that's a good question. I don't know. Yeah. We'll, we'll find out. Well, yeah. I don't know if we will find out. I would imagine. I'll tell you what, though. This is a um, Brad well, Campbell yesterday. I was like, Brad Campbell. Listen to Coach Campbell yesterday. Um, either he's low playing the expectations for him, or are they really just not just happy to get him back on the field? Because he, if he guy runs the right routes, be in the right place, do the right things, that's all we ask of him. I mean, I mean this is the number twelve in the pick in the draft. I think I I expect a little more out of him than that, and I I think I, the ass should be a little more. Well, I don't think he's. I don't think he means anything other than just starting out. Like he said, we're not gonna we're not gonna have him play sixty snaps. We don't want to hurt him. That's that's part of it too. It's going to take some time. That's yeah. all. Yeah. It's, it's, you know what it is? It's like reporting to training camp now. Yeah. That's Basically. True. That's true. Well, anyway, he's back. We'll see what happens. Uh, they need him because uh, there are a couple of receivers that have not been good so far. And I, like I said, I love Marvin Jones, great guy and whatever, but there's just nothing there right now. I don't know. And if you think about it, 
when he was last here in producing, Stafford was the quarterback. I don't know if him and Golf ever, because he didn't practice much during no. the preseason, if they ever got on the same page. And I don't know if Golf trusts him or not, and they're not used to working together until he got here. And like I said, it was after like the third preseason game where I think even um, Jones got back on the field. He had been hurt most of the early in camp. I watched him in practice. I know he took reps in, in practice, obviously. So I'm sure he, I'm sure he worked with with uh, with Goff at some point. I don't know how much, but I'm sure he did. Yeah, but like I said, I, I've seen nothing, and um, he is the oldest receiver in the league, the oldest uh, actual playing receiver in the league. So, well, I'm, su- I'm surprised that the oldest receiver is 33 years old. I would think the oldest receiver would be something like 35, 36, 37. I'd well, when you get guys that I'm age, surprised. those are great players that. I still playing. You don't you don't see average players or just good okay. players play that long. I'm just talking about like the Terrell Owens and the Jerry Rice's play a long time, but they were great players right. that they right. stretched out the end of their careers. You don't see a a good player or an average player play 37 anymore because the money's too high and they're not as you know when you're average you're just as good barely better or not as good as the young guy and they always keep the cheaper guys. So unless you're a great receiver, Mike, I don't think you're gonna see 37 year olds. Uh, you know, well, obviously not. I like I said I was surprised. To, yeah. surprised to see that. So, a um, couple of things. Uh, first quarter. Let's do this, Mike. Instead of yakking like we endlessly do, and you listen and I talk. Give me your <laughs> first quarter MVP and your first quarter disappointment. My first quarter MVP. Yeah. It only had to be the best player. Just something that surprised it. you I greatly. I'll say Aiden Hutchinson, the MVP. Mm-hmm. I think I think I think he's energized the entire defense. I really do. I think it's I think it took a couple of steps, you know, one game, two games, and but they're humming now. And I I'd, I'd I'd say Hutchinson is the one who brings the energy just by the way he plays. Okay. Uh, your disappointment. Your first quarter disappointment. Uh, the loss to uh, Seattle, no doubt. I'm talking about player wise. We ain't talking about oh, player wise. Player wise. Uh, I, it's not on any particular player. I just think they. I think they played the first quarter. They needed what? They need another wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Need another contributing wide receiver. Okay. Um, my first quarter envy. He's not the best player. I agree. I believe Adrian, Hutch, Adrian Hutchinson is the best player. Aiden Hutchinson is the best player so far defensively on the team. Maybe yeah. Maybe all over. He probably be the best player. But to me. The first quarter MVP, and you're going to be surprised I'm going to say this, Mike, is Brian Branch. From a position of need, the way he plays, the way he's played these four games, I just think that he sets that tone back there. I thought it was C.J. at for uh, Gardner-Johnson for a while, but then he went out and Branch, is, he's, like a, he's like a spark plug back there. And I just think he sets the tone. I think he's solid, and I think that he has been the – the the X factor in these first four games. So that's my MVP so far. My disappointed player, I know you're going to get on me about this. Um, I'm not saying he's the worst player. I'm disappointed in Jared Goff in the first four games. I know I'm not surprised. I'm three not interceptions surprised in four that. games. Yeah. Three interceptions in four games. I mean, he's not number-wise, he's been solid. And overall, he's been solid, and they're winning, so you can't be too disappointed. But I, I just think that He's too many interceptions. You got to cut those down. And he has stopped that those, last after, year. After, after every one of those three interceptions, they came back and scored a touchdown on their next possession. I, I, don't, I don't care. I don't care. 
Why don't I don't you care don't? because uh, he's he's got to cut the interception. Right now he's on a, a a streak that will get him twelve to thirteen interceptions for the year, and that's too many, especially for the offense they run, where it's not a high pressure offense to where you're challenging. You know, pretty much you're a pitch and catch offense. You're not deep throwing or you're throwing the you know in between three and four guys like Stafford used to do. This is a pretty safe offense. It's creative, but it's safe for the quarterback, and he shouldn't be having these many interceptions. And all three of those interceptions. They weren't even pressure interceptions. They were just bad throws. Well, the one interception where he got hit on, you mean there was, there was no pressure? Well, there's a question if he got hit. You talking about the interception return for the touchdown? Yeah. That's a question yeah. if he was hit. Some say he was, some say he wasn't. But either way, he was in a miscommunication with the running back because the running back you know, came back toward the right, and he threw t- to where the running back stopped. And Like I said, either way, they're just bad throws. He needs to tighten that up, and I just want to see a little more out of him safety-wise for the next four games. So that's my disappointment. I know you have nothing to say to that. <laughs> Why are you quiet, Mike? Next. <laughs> <laughs> now, I got some more things, too. The fans' disappointment. I'm not going to say who the fans' MVP is. The fans' disappointment. Jameer Gibbs has been taking heat. He's been taking heat by fantasy owners because they're mad because he's not scoring enough for them, and people are mad, and they want they want to pick back. I just want to give you fantasy people out there and you other people who are thinking Jameer Gibbs is a bust so far a little information. You think Christian McCaffrey's a good back, Mike? It's a tremendous back, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You think he's uh, well-drafted for a first-round pick in this league? Matter of fact, he might be the MVP choice right now for the league if they had one. Am I right? Uh, go ahead. Okay. Um, Christian McCarthy's first year. How many yards do you think he, he had total rushing his first year? I, I have absolutely no idea. I'll just I give really me a, a number. You know, between one and a thousand. A thousand? No, he didn't have a thousand. He had four, I have no idea. I'm, I'm really going to tell you. That's why. He had 435 yards for the total year rushing. Yeah. He did have 80 catches for 851 yards. Jameer yeah. Gibbs right now after four games has 179 yards rushing already. And he's caught um, – I'm looking at the catch rate here. Let me move it. He's caught 14 balls for 70 yards. This is after four games. So he's a little behind receiving-wise, but he's way ahead rushing-wise. For all you people that think Jameer Gibbs is a bust, just calm down. This season is long. But these are standard numbers with one of the best backs in the league right now. Well, we'll see. You know, I think uh, – look, I don't get it wrapped up in what other people say. So this is strictly a vendetta or whatever you want to call it. Who cares? That's part of, you know, they're fans. They have the right to express what they think. And, and do I agree with it? No, but it's okay with me. They can say anything they want, as long as they don't get vulgar and, right. and all of that. But I can understand them wanting to have him more usage. And I think there there is a – his usage rate should go up in the coming games. And I do believe that they have – I would say since they're winning, you can't say underutilized. But I do think that they've held, they've held him back a little be, with some good reason because you're winning and – uh, Montgomery's getting that three and a half, four yards a carry, which he's going to get. So I can understand that part. But I do understand you want to see the ball in Gibbs' hands more, and I think you will see it, especially when you need him coming up. You're going to see it more, and you're going to see him do a more creative package with him coming up. So I'll just calm down. It's four games in the season. I'm surprised, just thinking about it now, I'm surprised that neither one of us picked Montgomery as, as the MVP. I mean, he played three games. He missed one with an injury. He's got five touchdowns, and some of them big time, big, big time plays too. I mean, game deciding or game clinching plays. I think I think we just kind of glossed over him what he's contributed to this to this defense. Yeah. I mean, this offense 
Well, it would have been MVP. better if the game he missed, you would have lost, and you could say, wow. And I see when he wasn't there that you didn't win. But, you know, you won without him, and you won convincingly without him. So as good as he's been, did you was he really that high value, or was he just another good player into your stash? That's why, like I said, Jameer Gibbs um, held in for him greatly that year. He had 80 yards rushing, a bunch of yards receiving. So I just think that spot is good between the two of them. That's why I think they're both right on that level. So, no, I think, look, I think they've got a good duo there, whether it's going to be the best in the history of the franchise. And look, let's, let's, let's at least get to week, week five before we right. do that. That's but, right. but no, they've got a good thing going there and then they complement each other. Right. Now coming up, we have the Carolina Panthers coming in. Oh, and, more news for those who are just hearing this. Um, week This is week five. Week six game against Tampa Bay has been flexed to the national game at 425. So if you had one o'clock plans for the week from Sunday, change them because it's the 425 game. This is a – it may not seem like a lot to you now, but this is the NFL saying the Lions now are one of the watch teams. Absolutely. So Absolutely. take that as a compliment. Look, the Detroit Lions are for real. Really, are. that's something I wrote in the Detroit Lions dot com today. The Detroit Lions are for real, and they're fun to watch. Well, not even really for real, are. Mike. They, they're entertaining. They play, they, they play. That's right. They're fun to watch. Yeah, they're entertaining, and that's yeah, they play, that's they what play the networks want. Yeah, of course. They got and it, and, it, and they could, they've got guys across the board who can do it. And not offensive, only that, defense and special teams. Not only that, even the offensive line is is highly regarded. Yeah, not only that though. They're a team of personalities, head lead led by a coach with a big personality and a GM right. with a big personality. So it, the whole package is there for national TV. That's why this will be a glamour. T- I heard Mike Irvin Monday. I don't know if you ever watched First Take, uh, not First Take, uh, Undisputed. Mike Irvin really? was on the day after the game. This was last Friday. And he said about – your Detroit Lions, and I, I'm going to get the clip for you if you don't believe it, I'll play no, I, it. I believe it. He yeah. said this team reminds him of the early Dallas Cowboy teams, the early ones. He said like 90, You mean the one 91. that got the 38 to 6 by the Lions? Okay, Mike. <laughs> See, this is, why, this is why we can't have this discussion with you. This is why I can't discuss matters of the heart with you. Because, well, matter of fact, as funny as your joke wasn't, that's exactly the team he's talking about, though. He's talking about the ones before the Super Bowl, the 38 to 16. But right. if you remember, they did go to the playoffs. And remember the year before, they were like 8-8 eight and eight or something. And the year the Lions I beat them. Remember they had a good year that year. They were 1-15. and they were one and 15. Then I think they were 8-8. Eight and 6-10 eight. and 10 or something like that. I think they were 8-8, eight 7-9. And, eight, and, yeah. and then they I went think, to the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. But he's saying that early team, and the way he, he said it, which I didn't think about at the time, he said, when you have a team that competes within itself to be great, he said, yep. you know, forget about the game. They're competing in practice. The, the reserves are competing, you know, to get to the starters. The starters competing to stay starters. He said, when you have that internal competition on your team, that's when you get better. And he's right. He said, I see that in this Lions team. He said, they're not to, you know, I'm not saying they're going to be the next dynasty, but he said, I see them as way we were. And he, he was right. And, 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 no, I I agree with that. And also, look, look, he, he was not even he was a Hall of Fame player. He wasn't the best player on this team. He was close, but they'll tell you the people in Dallas will tell you that he was the he was the heart of that team. Though he really was, right. he was the one who brought the energy. Right. So now we go into Carolina this Sunday. 
I think a beating is in order because this is the team that kept them out of the playoffs. I'm serious, too. If, 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 if Campbell's not yelling this in their ears every second of the day this week, they beat the heck out of Detroit on the ground. They physically manhandled them on Christmas Eve, and I remember that well. And this is the time for payback. So this is a time you tell them the reason why you guys didn't go to the playoffs last year is across that another locker room. The reason why we got to make sure they don't think they can come and do this to us again, and we're going to show them what happens when they come to our place. Well, Alim McNeil, the, the uh, interior defensive tackle, and and uh, and Derek Barnes, uh, linebacker, outside linebacker, now playing great football, by the way, both said yesterday in their media sessions that this is a revenge game for them. Now, I'm a little surprised they would go that strong, and maybe they were just sort of you know going along with what the question they were asked. But they're well aware of what that what, what that loss cost them last year. And that, look, they gave up 320 yards to a team that, in four games this this year, has given up three, has, has produced 381 yards in four games when they had 320 against the Lions in one game last year. So they know all those stats and they know what it meant. Uh, I agree. I'm gonna give you some stats before we get out of here too for the Lions, the way they're ranking so far. And these yeah. are the DVOA stats, whatever you believe that, whatever. You can look it up or whatever. But these are pretty good team stats. The overall offense, the Lions are fifth in the league. Passing yeah. offense, sixth. Rushing offense, sixth. Overall defense, five. Passing defense, eight. Eh? And pa- rushing defense, three. And I looked it up. You know, they they have given up the least rushing yards in the league now by, to Philly by about eight yards, only they're eight yards ahead of Philly. So they are the least run-against team as of right now in the league. And I remember I told you before the season started, if they could just finish top 15 defense, because the offense is going to be in the top five, top ten, if they, at least top, in fact, top five. Nah, I said top ten before top five. They've, won, they've scored 20 points, I think, in 12 straight games, the most of any team. They, these numbers they're putting up now, Mike, are numbers that you got to start looking at. You know, Kenny, and, and, and a good point. And I think the numbers are a little bit skewed because at the number one, you see the Miami Dolphins with 500 and some yards per game. And then it drops down to everybody's. There's a, a group of of uh, teams that are like between 390-something and 380-something. So there's not a big difference there. In other words, it's, it's, it's really no different being number eight than there is being number two, really. It's, it's like one play. Right. And you got to remember, too, they face some hell of a bags. Pacheco from Kansas City, who's in the top 11 rushing. Yep. Bijan Robinson, who's like top 10 rushing. And Kenny Walker, who's top run, one of the top runners. So you, they faced three very good backs in the, the first four weeks so far. So they're not just not you know playing teams that can't run the ball. So if this keeps up, and like I said, if you stop the run, you're, you're two-thirds of the way to good defense because the rest of well, it, you know, you, they're going to get yards in the passing game. But – when you've got second and eights and third and nines, you know, instead of second and threes and third and twos because of the running game, that's how you win ball games. I agree with you. And then the other, there's two sides to that. Number one, stop the run. Number two, when you get the ball, run it down their throat. And yeah. you're, you're, you're just taking the energy out of your opponent. That's why I'm amazed people yell about taking a back early. But if, look at look at the look at the game. The game is no different than it was forty years ago, Mike. You can say it's more passing and things like that, a little more scoring. But the basic tenet of the game is, like you said, stop the run, run the ball, and that's always. It's never going to change. The biggest change of the Detroit Lions right now, to me, is on offense, is that they added two 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 running backs. They had a change of the guard at running back, and I think that's done wonders for them. I really do. 
I agree. They upgraded on that, but I, I still they're one. And, and I like the guys they had before, but for these no, guys at this point in time, I think it's 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 been a plus. Well, I can say it's the Swift part. You know, we always we never doubted his talent. Oh, yeah? We never doubted his talent. But I can tell you this one thing: Jamar Gills has played four games, and he's actually not injured to play Sunday. I mean, he's played four in a row. No, I'm I'm, I'm just being serious. With Swift well, with could never play four games in a row. It just and I don't. I don't know. I watched the other game Sunday. I, I, you know, he's getting close to that fourth game over there, and I, I swear he went out a bunch the other game. I got to go check it out. But I just don't think he's – it's just the luck or whatever, but I just don't think he's long-term. But I never doubted his talent. He was a good talent. No. And Jamal Williams, good short yardage guy, but I'm telling you right now, Dave Montgomery is a better running back. No and it's no doubt. No comparison. How many um, touchdowns, I wonder, did um, Jamal Williams have to have after the first four games? I'm going to look that up and I see. I don't know, but he ended up with 17. He ended up with 17. But if you got five after four now – you're on. You're on schedule for twenty. Well, he's also played, missed one game with an injury. So I know. I'm just saying, only, five after four, no, you no still got four games. Any, no telling how good he'd be if he could just stay healthy. Now, if if, if uh, Montgomery, <laughs> if Montgomery gets seventeen touchdowns, I'm using our own logic. Again. I understand. If Montgomery gets yeah. seventeen touchdowns or more this year, then we we can say it's the offense. All right, we can say the offense. That the offense is producing the runs as well. Yeah, I mean, they still got to do it. They're still talented. I'm just saying that the offense gives you opportunities to score these touchdowns. But you're running behind a tremendous offensive line. And an offense that gets you close to the goal line where you can do the – like five yards and in, Montgomery is, is one of the best backs I've seen, the way right. he makes the first guy miss and gets in there. So if you're getting the ball constantly down in the red zone, I mean, yeah, as an offense, then pff, good luck, good luck other team. Right. So. Right. All right, Mike. That's yeah. gonna be it. I got to wrap up. We got to get out of here. Uh, we'll, we 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 didn't do one last week because I was off Friday, but we'll do a prediction this Friday for the Carolina game. Even though I don't think we can phone this one in, I can give you the prediction now what it is. And I know this. I want to see a curb stomping. That's all I want to tell you right now. I I don't want. I want them to get on the bus going back to Carolina, wondering why they even showed up because you they <laughs> owe them. They owe them. So. We'll, well they've got a good look. Look, they've got a good uh, a good coach there in Frank Reich. But uh-huh. I wish him well next week, not All this right. week. And uh, you go talk to Jameson Williams when he gets off the practice field today. We're taping this right before this happened. I will review a little what he said Friday too on the on the taping, Mike. So you go ahead and find out what he said and tell him KB said I, w- I want to see some scoring. That sounds good to me. All right, that's Michael here, DetroitLions.com. Kim Brown from WJBR Radio. Who we do. Anzalone every Monday on the Mitch Album Show at 4.30, so check him out. He is great. Alex Anzalone every Monday on the Mitch Album Show at 4.30 p.m.